You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Necessary Roughness, brought to you by Southfield Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. With 11-year NFL veteran, Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, and captain of the National Championship Michigan Wolverines, John Jansen. And 10-year NFL veteran, two-time Pro Bowl offensive tackle, and Super Bowl champion with the Green Bay Packers, T.J. Lang. Now, here's John Jansen and T.J. Lang. Well, after a week off with uh, one of us, not me, on vacation, I hope you enjoyed your time. Uh, TJ, you were up skiing, weren't you? Mini vacation, yeah. yeah. Spent the uh, spent a couple days up at Boyne. The kids had a nice little, what do they call it, midwinter break? Yeah, winter break. Deal. Yeah, so uh, went up there, did a, you know, a little water park action, a oh. little ski action. It's been uh, about 20 years since I... Uh, since I threw the skis on, I grew up. I was I was a snowboarder growing up. I snowboarded for about six, seven years. I only skied a couple times. Uh, I remember how boring it was because it was just like way easier than snowboarding. <laughs> yeah. Um, did but you I, hop on the snowboard this I, time? No, I did not. No, I mean I've been out of the game way too long to take that back up. And uh, I was around two hundred pounds when I was snowboarding. You know, back in the day. I don't know if that's really a three hundred pound man sport. So I stay away from the single sled. I put the doubles on and. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, it was, I wouldn't say like riding a bike because um, I was just nervous like the first three or four runs. Sure. I just didn't want to fall. Well, it's not like you're out <laughs> west <laughs> right, yo, you know, right. on, a, on a, an actual mountain. No, I get that. But yeah, they call it point. I mean, it's more of a big hill, but it's still, it's big. And um, it was, it was fun, man. But I was, I was torn up, dude. My quads, my calves were on fire and I got to tell you, the one thing about skiing, I have an absolute phobia of chairlifts. Like, why do they have to be 40 feet off the ground? Can't can't they go at, like, 12 to 15 feet? I mean, like, that's high enough to where you're not going to be hitting people underneath you with your ski. Like, you're on these chairlifts, and some of them look like they're 80 years old. And yeah, some of them are. Uh, they're all rusty and kind of bumping around, and uh-huh. they slow down, and you're just dangling forty feet up in the air. Like I have, got I have a phobia. Fresh powder underneath you. I you don't. Do, I don't. A forty foot drop. I don't care what's <laughs> underneath you. You might not die, but you're definitely breaking some bones. Um, they had some new ones though. I've never seen it before. That, up there, uh, up north, they had a they had a six six person lift and an eight person lift. Eight across. Eight. Yeah, eight people, and it like. I could go on that. I was comfortable on that because I'm like, okay, this thing is, you know, you, this is going to handle my weight. Fella. It's rated yeah. for more weight. I'm going to be okay with it, and especially when I was on there with just a couple of my kids. And they had a bar that, like, automatically came down over your lap like a roller coaster. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, like, this is kind of easing me back into the chair chairlift game a little bit. Um, 
But then I went over, my son wanted to do another one, and it was a two-person lift, and it was like old rinky-dink that was like uh-huh. the first lift invented. And I guess, I mean, I was like white-knuckling it the whole way up, just gripping the bars, holding on to <laughs> yeah. my son, like, yeah. Doug, quit messing around. Don't don't move. Don't move. It's uh, like a seven-minute like, ride. Oh, okay? dude, I'm having an anxiety attack halfway up the mountain. Uh, it, other than that, though, the trip was fun, but my goodness, like chairlifts are... It's a phobia for me. Like, I just, I'm so uncomfortable. I, I spent, honestly, half the day at, like, the little kids park with my four-year-old yeah. going up, like, the magic carpet that just kind of <laughs> conveyor belt takes you up to the top of the hill. I'm like, I'm meant to keep my feet on the ground, man. I'm not to, I'm not meant to dangle oh. 30, 45 feet above the air. That's the, just not, that's not for me. The chairlift scares you, but showing up to the water park in your Speedo is just like old hat. <laughs> no, I mean, that, that's the one time I get to show off a little bit, you know? So, <laughs> You got the little banana yeah. hammock on around all the all the other women around it. Yeah, good. I didn't get kicked out. You show up and everybody else clears out. Yeah, it's perfect. Got the whole place to ourselves, man. No line for the slides. Let's go. <laughs> it was good. It was good to get away for a couple of days. I'll tell you what. And man, it's good to see a little bit of a uh, little bit more of our state too. You know what we have to offer here in Michigan. And uh, I know you lived up north oh, for yeah. uh, quite a, a while. State. And Boyne was uh, it was impressive, man. I will definitely be looking looking forward to getting back there in the future. Yeah, there's a lot that uh, obviously the state has to offer, and then once you cross the bridge, it's a whole different world up there too. Yeah, um, Jupers, man. They I tell you what, they live in a different world, buddy. Th- they do. <laughs> it's a hearty bunch. Uh, but we've got some NFL news happening this week. Obviously, the NFL Combine. Players will start reporting on, I believe it's Tuesday, Tuesday night into into Wednesday, but nothing on field until Thursday. That's when all the action starts happening. The NFL Network's going to cover everything. You'll get a chance to see guys 40, the 225 bench press, their drills on the field, all of that stuff, position-specific drills. And it's we're finally going to get a look at a few individuals that – you know, maybe we've got our eye on for uh, for for next year in terms of the draft. And I want to bring this up because actually you wanted to bring it up because I did go to the combine, you didn't. And I think this is interesting. A few weeks ago, at the beginning of February, um, NFL Executive Director DeMaurice Smith had said these comments regarding the combine. Think about it. The NCAA and the NFL structure a combine during what should be every football player's what? Last semester in college. Who decided it was a good idea to take your son and have him exclusively try out for the NFL's exclusive way of getting into the league for the most part unless you're a free agent player? You have to be invited to the combine. He continues, as soon as you show up, you have to waive all of your medical rights and you not only have to sit there and endure embarrassing questions – and I think that's horrible, and I don't want to poo-poo any of that, but would you want your son to spend hours inside an MRI machine and then be evaluated by 32 separate team doctors who are, by the way, are only going to are only doing it for one reason? What's that reason? To decrease your draft value. He clearly would like to get rid of the NFL Combine. I think there are some tweaks they could make to it, but... Well, I, I remember when I got my invite to the combine. It was like, all right, like it validates 
what is about to happen, and that is the possibility. doesn't mean you're going to get drafted. Right. But the possibility of continuing that dream of being an NFL player. Your thoughts before we get into what the combine is, and I think maybe some ways that I think it could be adjusted, I thought it was a privilege to be able to go. I know you and I have talked about this before. You were a little upset that you didn't get the invite to the combine. I was, and for me, being a smaller school player, um, I thought that was going to be the one platform where I could shine. And, uh, you know, the college football, even, gosh, I mean, you know, me playing my last year in 08, you playing your last year in what, 2000? I mean. Yeah, 2010. Or, or, or college, I mean. Oh, Sorry. yeah, college, yeah, 98. Yeah, yeah, yeah 98. Decade earlier. Yeah, um, it's, it's way different than it is even now. I mean, everything now is just so much more under a microscope and watching. But even back then, I remember I I wanted to go to the Combine so bad because I would have tested really well. I would have been probably in the top five in most categories. Um, And I was hurt that I didn't get to go. And I think, you know, I got the call and it was like, oh, you're one vote short, whatever it was. And I was... I was depressed, man. I was like, man, I've been working so hard for the last couple months to go showcase my talent and yeah. and, and look, that's just that's just the cherry on top. I think most players and I think most coaches and evaluators understand, hey, the best evaluation is what's on film. How is this guy as a football player, right? If if you got a player, because the biggest misnomers every year is you got a great player uh, that might go to the combine and test bad, right? And oh, this guy all of a sudden, just because he can't run a fast 40, he's a horrible football player. Or you have a guy that was, you know, a backup or a third wide receiver or a rotational player that comes in and runs a, a 4-2-5. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, we got to take him in. This guy can fly. Can he play football or can he not? But for me, being a smaller school guy, I looked at it as the opportunity to only improve my status heading into the draft. If I can go show every single team that hey, I'm better than these other guards in the draft, and I'm better than these other tackles in the draft. As as far as it comes to athleticism, um, that was a chance that I was really bummed that I didn't get to do that. Um, on the flip side, though, I mean, I know you went to the Combine. You hear about it every year, how it's like it, – it really is awful for, I think, a lot of the players. I think you understand why you're there. You understand it's going to be probably a grueling couple days, you know, early mornings, interviews, medicals, testing – all of this, and you know, from a lot of the players that I've talked to, it, it's always man that was it was overwhelming, right? It was just a lot, man. We're getting up and you know six a.m. and testing, and then we're staying up late, and you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. very grueling. But hey, you also understand that too. You're interviewing for one of the highest paying jobs in the world coming I mean, out of college. Teams, yeah, coming out of college, and these teams want to know everything about you before they invest. You know, in first round guys. Now $25, $30 million, right? So you understand that as well. But maybe I think for me, maybe it turned out to be a blessing that I didn't go, um, you know, because I still got to do my pro day in a more controlled environment where I didn't have to spend those, you know, two or three days of grueling, you know, interviews and medicals before I went to test. So um, it, 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 was, it is what it is, you know. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I didn't go on the, on the flip side. Maybe I could have been a – Second or third rounder, if I did go, you know, yeah, instead of a fourth, but still seemed to work out all right yeah, for you. Yeah, but I think players like you know you hear Demarius Smith talk about. He basically says there's no benefit to it at all. I disagree with that. I think there is a benefit. I think there's benefits for players. 
uh, much like myself, that are guys maybe from small schools that want to go compete on a big stage uh, against other guys from you know Alabama and the SEC and the Big Ten uh, that can improve their draft stock. Now, I don't think there's a lot of guys you know projected in the top ten that can really do much to improve their status. Right. You know, those guys can only kind of worsen it, which is, I think... Why what, you see some of them participate, why you see some yes, not. and I think that's what more, you know, Smith is talking about there, where, you know, these teams are trying to do everything they can to hurt your drafts. I don't think that's true or fair, um, but a lot of those top, top 10, 15 guys, yeah, I think you can do a little bit more damage than you can to improve your status because if they find one thing in the medicals or next thing comes out, you know, you're terrible in the interviews, that can hurt you. Well, it can, and, and here's where I think uh, Mr. Smith is a little bit out of touch is I would gladly release my medical records regarding – my physical availability or health status going into the following year because I do understand that it's a unique profession, it's a unique situation, and these teams are going to be putting a major investment in you, whether you're drafted first, second, third, or you know late rounds, they are making an investment in you. And part of that investment is your body, your health, your well-being. And I think most guys... Even though they'll come out of it saying, yeah, it was grueling, it was all these things, you'd rather have the invite than not. And you'd rather, you know, subject yourself to some of those things than not because you're pursuing a dream. I don't think there's anything that invasive. Now, I didn't get any stupid questions. That's where I think, yeah, there could be some regulation in the questions that are asked or not asked. Um, and there are, we always hear some stupid questions that, that come out. Why were you asked that question? You know, and you, then the teams are asked, why did you ask this guy that question? Those are some things that I think are, are inappropriate. But in terms of the poking and prodding, like this is a unique profession. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And it requires a unique analysis. Uh, but when you look at, you know, the tweaks that I think could be made is kind of to your point where you're coming from a smaller school. And it's nothing against Eastern Michigan. It's just not as heavily viewed, you know, day in and day out as some of the Power 5 schools are. And those players that are coming out of those Power 5 schools, especially we talked about the ten top 10, 15 picks, like no matter where they fall, they're going to be somewhere between 1 and 20, 22, right? Mm-hmm. But it, and, and you know when Will Anderson lines up against an offensive tackle from Georgia, you understand the level of play that that that's happening at Georgia, you understand the level of play at Alabama. So you can measure those. When you turn on the film, you can see that. When you're trying to evaluate a guy that maybe doesn't even come from like a, a Mac school, but comes from D2, D3, comes from, you know, some some place where, okay, this guy was a late developer. He's he's shown as a corner. Good coverage skills. He's fast. He opens his hips. He does all the things you wanted to see, but you don't know the level of competition that he's playing against. Right. Or if it's an offensive lineman and he's going one-on-one against a defensive end and he's just owning them, you don't know if that defensive end is just garbage or if he's a good player that's just getting dominated by a better player. I think it should be shifted instead of, hey, you vote on those guys that you think are going to be the top 150 players taken in the draft – those guys, you can see them at the pro day, but it's everybody else. It's the next 320 guys that you want to see perform at the combine. It is all hands on deck. You get a chance to look at their medicals. You get a chance to see them go through drills. You get a chance to talk to them about their football IQ and and what they were presented with, how much they absorbed in college, what type of player are you getting from that unknown quantity because you don't know the level of competition that they're playing against. Those are the guys I think the NFL and the players could most benefit from going to the combine. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. And I think that that's probably why, at least in the last couple years, I think the NFL is trying to make the all-star games a little bit more of a, you know, spectacle, right? Meaningful experience. Yeah, well, let's, let's, air every practice right let's watch all the one-on-ones let's watch you know the team drills let's watch the seven on sevens because yeah these guys aren't going against you know perennial all pro talent but you get a chance to see all of the most of the big names in the guys in these games competing against each other and you get a chance to see you know hey this guy's our top rated receiver well you know the other receiver we might have number seven you know, he's beating the same guys that are covering receiver number one and you know doing a much better job that that's where I think they're trying to make that a little bit more of a uh, of a highlight point uh you know when you talk about the senior bowl and the week leading up now I know you don't get all the top prospects there uh you don't get the juniors obviously that come out early because they're not seniors but um 
I just don't see. I don't. I, I'm with you. I think we're on the same page. Where there's probably not much benefit to seeing a Will Anderson go to the combine and run, or Will Anderson bench press, or you know Will Anderson's you know vertical jump. Like even if they're freaky, it's basically just gonna you know reconfirm what you thought in your mind. Even if they're average, you're gonna be like. Yeah, who cares? This guy's an absolute stud of a football player. Well, <laughs> like we yeah. see that, we see that on game day. That's all that matters. Well, as a scout, uh, or as a GM, or as a coach, right? You're not going to get a lot of value out of that. But, and I think where DeMarie Smith does have a point is this is not any. It's not as much about evaluation when you're talking about those top guys. The the top guys, it's about the NFL Network. And airing that on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday because yeah. fans yeah. want to be able to look and see, oh, what you know, what is this physical Jalen Carter? My God, a big man who can move like that, can change directions like that. I mean, we saw it last year um, when we were talking about you know a lot of the edge rushers and D linemen that were were going to be top picks in the draft. Yeah. It, it become it has become more of a TV event, and the NFL has made it that because we know the NFL is really good at marketing that they still want those guys there because they can market those guys. It's really hard to market somebody that, hey, you know, fans across the country don't know anything about. While the scouts may get more value out of that, teams may get more value out of it, the NFL as a whole doesn't get maximum value of airing those type of things. Yeah, no, and I'm with you. And I think, look, it's still... At the end of the day, I still think it's a necessary process because... If you try to put yourself into a scout's, you know, shoes, um, that's got to be an extremely stressful job. I mean, if you yeah. go up to the – you're trying to turn over every stone, every leaf possible about these prospects because if you go up into that war room, right, and you're pounding your fist saying, no, I want this guy over this guy, I'm telling you, this guy's the better prospect, and you get it wrong – that could be a $20 million mistake. That could be it a franchise-altering mistake, and right? Your job. So you understand that it's necessary because these guys, look, they've got a job to do as well. That's the reputation. That's their job, right? If you go up and say, no, I want this quarterback, how do you think the scouts felt, you know, a couple years ago in the draft where, you know, Trubisky goes uh, to the Bears at number two, and then like Mahomes goes like at a lot. You know what I mean? That scout yeah. that went up there saying, "No, I want Mitch Trubisky. He's the guy." You, like, and you got that wrong. I mean, that's not good, right? No, so you understand looking for work, right? You understand why these and 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 it's impossible to predict everything. I still think the hardest thing that is unscoutable, um, that is impossible to get out of prospects and players coming out and entering the draft there's absolutely no way to get in their mind right there's no way to get into their mind to see what their mindset is to see what drives them what motivates you you know are you going to be a guy that does he take hard coaching do you need to you know not baby but be a little soft right you have no idea uh, about these players until they get into the door and by the time they get in the door by the time you draft them you know, it's too late. You can't go back and re- redo a draft. So that's good. That's always going to be the one biggest thing that evaluators are going to have. They have the hardest time with is actually getting inside these guys' heads. You can see, hey, these guys are great athletes. You can see, oh, he was a stud, uh, wherever. But you don't know how somebody's going to act when you put, you know, $10 million in their pocket until you get them in the building. Those are all things that scouts have such a hard time trying to figure out. 
who are, who's going to be the right character guys, who are going to be the right pieces, and who are going to be guys that we can build teams around. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm looking at the, the schedule of events uh, in regards to, hey, on-the-field you know, uh, workouts. Um, Thursday, it's going to be D-line and linebackers. Um, they're going to hit the field on Thursday, March the 2nd. Uh, and then you, you work your way down. Friday, March the 3rd, is going to be defensive backs, uh, place kickers, and special teamers. On the 4th, which is Saturday, it's going to be cute, uh, quarterbacks, wideouts, and tight ends, so wide receivers. And then on Sunday, you're going to have your O-line and running back. So that's the schedule of on-field work. And before we go, uh, and we're going to get a chance to evaluate the results that we see on next week's edition of, of Necessary Roughness, when you watch the scouting combine, what is it that you're trying to look at? What what intrigues you the most? Because obviously wide receivers and DBs, I just want to see how fast they are. I yeah. think that to me is amazing. But when I'm watching linemen and, and defensive linemen or linebackers, I'm watching more the short shuttle, the three-cone drill, change of directions. When they do some of the uh, you know position-specific drills, I'm looking at some of those as a youth football coach. I'm I'm looking at it to see okay is there some is there a drill that I want to put our kids through that might be when I evaluate I want to put this guy at guard, I want to put this guy at tackle, I want to put him at tight end. Like what is it that you're looking at in regards to the 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 positions and the drills that they're doing? Well, I think the first thing is always the speed. Yeah. I mean, you still want to see the speed whether it's you know, an offensive lineman, whether it's, you know, a, a DB, like you said, you know, you want to see, you want to see these guys fly a little bit. And every year it seems to be getting faster and faster and faster. Um, I remember one of the, you know, just going back to last year, uh, you know, with, was it Jordan Davis, you know, 340 pound dude yeah. running a four seven. It was <laughs> like, how is, how is that possible, man? Like, yes. holy shit. That's, uh, that's the first thing that I think me as a fan you know, I want to see is just how these guys move. I don't think it translates. You know, gosh, when it, especially when it comes to offensive linemen, hey, this guy ran a four six. Oh my god, yeah, it's big like deal. I don't care. Can you pass, can you yeah. go block? You know these. Can you go block Bosa? You know, coming off the edge. Can you go block? You know, Miles Garrett. I don't give a shit how fast you are. You're not doing that in a game. Right, you, yeah. That's the last yeah, time if, you're if ever going to run a forty. That's the last time you're ever going to run a forty, a timed forty. As an offensive lineman, yeah. is at the combine or at your pro day. Never going to do it in the NFL. Never going to do it in the game. Like it's, it's. I'm not going to say useless, but it's almost useless. <laughs> the only time you do it in the game is if you're chasing down a, a, an interception, right. and but that guy time. is still going to be faster than you, yeah. even if you run the fastest O line time at, a, at. Say you run a four seven. The guy you're chasing is running a four three. Yeah, and you're not going to go into the meeting, and the coach is like. Yo, John, what the fuck? I thought you were a four seven guy. You couldn't chase him down. You're like, you throw an interception. It's like yeah, everybody yeah. expects you to not make the tackle. So let's yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. be honest with it. But I, I would. I, I love watching the O line and D line. I like watching the little short space movement drills. You know, the offensive line. Obviously, when they do the uh, the short shuttle, I don't think they do the three cone anymore. But you know, even when they do the drills where it's kind of hey, shuffle side to side, change backpedal, direction. change directions, right? I want to see, I want to see that. You can get a lot of uh, when the day, they do the down blocks, right? They do a down block guy pulls around, yeah. See a guy in space, see how fluid they are moving. Um, do they look like athletes? Do they look like big kind of clunky guys? Like yeah. what kind of system? 
you know, do they fit in? Um, and the D-line guys too, man. I love watching, you know, they do drills with, and I know it's only against dummies, but uh, whether it's pass rush drills and, you know, I like to see the, I want to see who's got heavy hands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like who can throw a club like, just with violent pressure and just knock somebody off. Like those are the things, the, the little things that I like watching as a former player. Um because I think those translate. I mm-hmm. think the movement skills translate. I think the you know the physical, the toughness. You don't get a ton of it from the combine, but those are things that generally uh, are going to translate. That probably the little parts of the combine that I like to watch. But I put I put a good amount of value in. We had one just a quick story before we go, where we were doing the pull right from the garter tackle position, and it was pulling around the edge, leading on a sweep. And once you cleared the cone or the bag that they had set up, you had to identify where the coach was, and he had a football in his hand, right? And it was, if he if he moved the football to his right, then that's the way you were supposed to cut and move. Mm-hmm. If he moved the football to his left. We had a guy, I believe it was an offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. I may have the school wrong, but he pulled around. And as the coach, he was an offensive line coach, again, I believe from Arizona, who was holding on to the ball moved the ball to the right, the player went to move that way, stumbled a little bit, didn't make the cut, <laughs> but went face first into the coach. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Thankfully, at the he, time. He might not have gotten drafted. It was not televised, <laughs> but it was amazing. So uh, there will be some moments like that that happen, and you will see everything. I went through the list of when they're going to be, and when we come back next week, we will get a chance to talk about what those numbers mean. Uh, if they mean anything at all, but guys that we thought shine, maybe made up some ground uh, in the draft. So make sure you stay tuned for all your Lions, NFL Combine, free agency, trades, all of that stuff that's happening in the offseason. We'll bring it to you and our opinion of it right here on Necessary Roughness.